This is Industry Matters, powered by VGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. VGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. VGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, and orthotics and prosthetics. With VGM, you're part of something bigger. Welcome to Industry Matters. In today's episode, Tyler Ranke, VP of U.S. Rehab, sits down with Caleb Holy, the CEO of Cubby Beds, one of the most innovative and fastest growing companies in CRT, as they share stories about the success of their life-changing bed solution for children with special needs. They chat a little bit about how Caleb got into the home medical industry, some of the hardships he had to work through early on, how COVID may have created a tailwind in their business, the incredible features that their bed has, and they even give us a sneak peek into the future of the company. Welcome to the U.S. Rehab Podcast, where we dive into the stories behind innovative companies in the home medical and complex rehab space and the remarkable people driving them forward. I'm your host, Tyler Mankey, and today we have a truly inspiring guest with us, a, a uh, a guy I consider a good friend of mine. He is the CEO of Cubby Beds, Caleb Polly. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much, Tyler. It's wonderful to be here with you. I know we met a, a couple years ago and have created a good friendship here and also really a strong partnership with VGM. I really appreciate all you've done for Cubby. Absolutely. And we, we appreciate everything that, that you do there at Cubby Beds. Truly inspiring stuff. Um, first off, just Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your background. Who who is Caleb? Yeah, I uh, so I'm the founder CEO here at Cubby Beds, uh, but I do not come from the home medical equipment industry. I am an entrepreneur at heart. So I grew up. I think my very first business was when I was maybe 11, and my mom was like, "We have a lot of junk in our house. If you throw a garage sale, I'll give you a percentage of the." revenue or sales from that garage sale. And that started it uh, at about 11. I think when I was 14 or 15, I figured out that you could start selling things on eBay. And so built an e-commerce business through high school. And that bought me my first car, paid for a lot of my college. And I, I think this is the early 2000s. So I was one of the first people to be buying things from Alibaba and DHgate and, and selling them on the internet. And so that kind of spurred that entrepreneurial energy for me. And then the last five years, I actually was in the software world, working at a API software infrastructure company, which is very different from all this. But I went from a kind of startup with them up until a, a very rapidly scaling company that ended up going public on the stock market. And so learned a lot there about how companies grow, how you scale culture, how you manage people, how you build differing products at different times. And think I've taken a lot of those learnings, uh, both how do you sell things through the internet? which is some of our secret sauce here at Cubby is we're very internet first. And then also how do you create a really good culture that solves big problems for people? Uh, and we've applied a lot of that to Cubby. Fantastic. Let's, I want to get a sense for what Cubby Beds is. You're an innovative bed design for kiddos with special needs, but what share with us how you got into this space, first of all, and what are those those big problems that your team is looking to solve? Yeah, so I've been working on this for almost a decade, depending on how you look at it. Uh, the original idea for a pod bed like Cubby 
was, was actually a college uh, engineering project. And I wanted to build something impactful. Uh, I'm a pretty mission oriented person. And so realized that at that time that a lot of people in low income housing uh, have to share rooms with no privacy, security, a lot of uh, issues there. So I, I started making pod beds or like kind of a room within a room for environments like homeless shelters, disaster relief, dorms. But I, I learned a valuable business lesson and, and that business failed. Uh, it was not a pretty painful experience for me. And the issue with that is people in low income housing generally don't have a way to pay for things. And that was a really useful learning. Um, the other side, though, is then I, I ended up coming across what are a lot of the existing enclosed beds that are designed for people with disabilities, cognitive conditions, special needs. And I was pretty surprised at what was on the market. There are these uh, kind of institutional looking products that were designed several decades ago and haven't had a lot of change or, or innovation. And so I thought I could make a product that was much friendlier with something that kids really wanted to be in and parents were proud to show off that had modern technology. So we have monitoring built in, we've got some cool sensory features built in, I'm happy to talk on. And then we could take a lot of my learnings and sell it through the internet, or at least get people's awareness through the internet. I know TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, like all these special needs parents are so active in those communities that I thought I could build something uh, really big, really quickly that way. The other side is I had a good childhood friend uh, who had special needs. And so was his peer helper through middle school and partway through high school, got to know him and his family really well, created a lot of empathy and also a lot of joy, but also saw a lot of the challenges they went through. So I thought, hey, I could combine like this very original business concept, but apply it to something really impactful. And then also apply a lot of my early learnings and what I thought was kind of an innovative, modern approach to, to this industry and uh, build what is now Cubby Beds. Sounds like you've, in a short period of time, Caleb, I know you're, you're fairly young, but you've learned some pretty cool lessons. And I, I commend you for, for falling and getting back up and getting into this. It's, that's pretty cool. Thank we've, you. we've been partnered, uh, Cubby Beds and US Rehab for about two years now. And, and we've seen you guys gain some pretty cool, significant recognition. We've seen you grow rapidly over the last couple of years. Tell us, how has that been for you as the CEO of Cubby Beds, um, seeing your company flourish and kind of make a difference in, in so many uh, families' lives over these last few years? Yeah, it's been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life, probably the most rewarding. It's It's been life-changing uh, for myself. I, I've grown a lot in this. I've, I've learned so much. Uh, it's been really rewarding for our employees. They're able to be a part of, of changing people's lives every day. And then I think the, the biggest thing is we've, we've helped thousands of families in all 50 states, all across the U.S., uh, sleep better, get safety, improve their lives. We've had reviews of our beds uh, that they literally have saved lives. We've had kids that were otherwise getting hurt every single day, 20 seizures a day, running out of the house, and the, the parents find them in traffic, the police bring them home. And now the, the outputs of, of getting a bed like this, it's within days or weeks that they're actually able to go back to somewhat of a normal life. Their child is happy, they're calm, they're relaxed. Those parents are no longer worrying. And we see that in the reviews that we get. So we, we had a recent review actually of a father who was a truck driver and he had a son with autism. In his review, he talked about before he had his cubby bed, he was actually having trouble staying awake at the wheel because his son was 
getting into trouble at all hours of the night and keeping him up. And they were constantly worried. And so after getting his cubby, his child was able to sleep safely. They were able to monitor him remotely. And he was actually then able to hold down his job and drive his 18-wheeler safely. And those types of stories just really keep us going. Startups are really hard. But when you see that impact on the other side, it, it makes a difference and keeps you going as well. Gosh, as a parent of a couple little kiddos myself, I know how important uh, sleep can be um, for, for some of these families that are getting a full night's sleep for the first time without having the stress of their kiddos, you know, eloping, falling out of bed, injuring themselves. That's got to be life changing, not just for for the kiddo, but for the, the families. That's that's really great yeah. story that you've got there. That's um, what we we realized pretty early on. It's uh, we're definitely solving problems for the kids themselves. We want to make this something that they want to be in, that they love to be in. But it really is an ecosystem solution. It's it's that kid is not sleeping or that kid's constantly hurt. It means the parents aren't sleeping. The siblings aren't sleeping, even if they're maybe getting hurt one percent of the time you don't know what is the 1%. So you think you're constantly worried 100% of the time. So alleviating that means these parents can hold down their jobs and go on date night and their siblings can go to school and function better. And the therapy team, the care team, the teachers around them, they, they all see a lot of benefits. And that's been really cool to, to see how it kind of plays out like that. Absolutely. And you're saving a ton of money to the system overall by, you know, potential hospital um, readmittance for these kiddos, injuries, stitches, I assume, um, bone breaks and fractures. I mean, I can only yeah. imagine what you guys are doing. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're actually working to, that's a really good point in one of our, how do we prove to the health system, to insurers, to payers that uh, this is something that's not a cost to them. It actually ideally saves them cost. So actually just last month, we signed up uh, with a firm out of Harvard that does actuarial science and health economics to prove that our device saves the health system money. We're not quite through the process yet. It's a, a thesis at this point that it does, but they're they're tracking things like before the cubby bed and after the cubby bed. Did we save an emergency room visits, ambulance rides, inpatient visits? Do we reduce medications that were otherwise, a lot of these kids are on medications that kind of just knock them out at night. There are many parents and doctors call them chemical restraints. We think that with a cubby bed, they reduce those which have bad side effects and cost the system a lot of money. So we're, we're really hoping, our fingers are crossed, that the, the team out of Harvard is going to have some good results for us. But if so, we think that'll be a really big uh, kind of game changer in pivoting the conversation away from cost to really value add and uh, cost benefit to, to the system. Absolutely. Well, keep us posted on those results. We'll be interested to hear them as a lot of people know US Rehab is very, very um, interested in outcomes and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I'll look forward to hearing that. Um, Caleb, I'd love for you to, to dive a little bit deeper into the product and some of the features. It's not just a, a pod bed. Um, I, from what I understand, there's a lot more to it than that. Can you Can you tell us, you know, maybe a handful of those features that other you use the word institutional earlier and i've heard that about a lot of the other beds on the market you guys are the complete opposite <laughs> i would argue um can you can you dive a little bit into those features for us sure so i think before we get into the features it'd be helpful to understand what is the problem we're solving and so we're working right now mainly with uh kids pediatric population with a pretty wide range of disabilities and special needs 
The most common by far is autism. It's one in 36 kids, one in 20 boys in the US now, fastest growing developmental disability. But we think we've actually worked with over 50 different diagnoses at this point. Epilepsy, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, Angelman syndrome, Fragile X. We've had a lot of kids that were born uh, fetal alcohol syndrome or, or drug addiction, and they have a lot of issues at birth. And so that results in really two main issues. One is sleep. Uh, autism, it's over 80% of kids have daily sleep issues, which means they're not sleeping, their physical growth, their temperament, their behavior, all these things are affected. And also, obviously, the family around them. And then the other side is safety, which is really what insurance looks at of these kids have falls, they wander or elope, they eat things that they shouldn't be eating, they put their fingers in electrical outlets, they get in the kitchen and mess with stuff they should not be messing with. And uh, that's obviously very stressful for the family and, and the parents and the kid themselves, but it also is a lot of cost for, for the payers. Um, one of our core thesis within this is, especially with autism, which is our most common condition, they have a lot of issues processing their environment. So things like sound, they often wear headphones out in public, or they're rocking back and forth, which is their vestibular motion, or they're flapping their hands to try to get more sensory input. They either want more input or less input, and that can often lead to like this fight or flight response. And so our goal overall is we, we see that as the foundational issue in a lot of the sleep and safety problems is the environmental stimuli. So our goal is to create a calming, neutral environment that they're able to customize to their own unique needs. And so the way we do that is we have the bed itself, which is, it's a mattress. It's a great American-made mattress. We actually put a lot of thought into what they sleep on but we build a pod around that. So we have a canopy that goes over the top. That canopy is tensioned or stretched over this steel frame. And it's stretched in a way that there's no hard points anywhere on the inside. So it's 360 degrees of padding. If you bang your head or have a seizure, you'll be safe and you won't get hurt. That canopy also helps control the environment. So it helps with sound, with light, with visual stimuli. It makes that room within a room that the, the patient or child can feel like is really their own. They control, they, they know and understand. Uh, we also have safety sheets that prevent against entrapment, burrowing, or other types of injury, a really important safety feature. And then once the environment is uh, more neutral and, and better controlled for that patient, we're then able to introduce soothing forms of sensory input. So we have circadian rhythm lights. It's like a sunrise in the morning, sunset at night, even has a meditative breathing program built in. So if you're having anxiety or or a meltdown, you can breathe to this pulsing light and it helps uh, calm you down. We have a speaker system that does white noise, nature sounds, or music. Uh, and then we have some optional accessories as well that we can layer in to provide more sensory features. We have a vibration mat for that tactile input. We have weighted blankets for more of kind of a pressure type feeling, which a lot of these kids like that feeling of being hugged. Uh, and then every uh, is kind of a surprise gift. I guess it's not a surprise to people listening to this if they get the bed, but we do include a surprise aromatherapy sleep spray with every bed. So this is like a lavender and vanilla uh, sleep spray that you would spray right before they go to bed. And it provides that olfactory sense, the, the sense of smell that now it's time to go to bed. And it's kind of that psychological trigger uh, at night. Last thing is on remote monitoring. So this is a really important piece of that 1% of the time they might be getting hurt, but 100% of the time you're worried about that 1%. So we have a camera, a uh, two-way microphone uh, system, and some sensors that provide updates to parents if it detects motion or sound. It'll then record video, both to the cloud, so you could uh, see it remotely anywhere in the world, and to the device itself, so you can download it. 
And all of that can send alerts to your phone. So you can detect mom, hey, Timmy woke up at 2 a.m. It'll send you an alert. You could then check in remotely. Oh, he's just like rolling around and he's fine. Or, oh, wow, he just uh, maybe is banging his head or is very anxious right now. I should go check in or maybe I should turn on those soothing sensory inputs. And those videos have been incredibly impactful. I think this is one of the little bit of surprises to me was we've seen quite a few kids where uh, we had a review about three weeks ago where the mom in the first few nights saw that the video was recording movement over 70 times a night. And this kid was not sleeping, but he was nonverbal, so he couldn't tell mom. Well, they took that video footage and that data to Cleveland Sleep Clinics. They got a full new diagnosis and new medication that was actually able to help with that problem. And now that kid is sleeping through the night, which results in a lot of other health benefits and improvement in therapy. And so that kind of diagnostic or observation aspect of the device. It's not just a containment or soothing element. It's actually providing a lot of medical input and data that's helped the care teams around them has been really cool to see. Wow. What a, what a thoughtful design. Doesn't sound like you guys have cut any corners. Um, <laughs> now I, I'm just curious, kind of as your, your journey as an entrepreneur, you shared a little bit about maybe some of the hardships you had with other business ventures um, outside of Covey, but can you share maybe some growing pains that you may have faced within the growth of Covey Beds over the last few years? There have been a lot. So yeah, happy. it was hard to choose a, a single story here, but I think if I, probably the most stressful moment of this uh, for me personally was right when we were launching the business. And so I'd quit my job about two years prior. I had a little bit of money saved, but wasn't paying myself. I'm just kind of living off the ramen diet and uh, some pretty bad housing I was living in at the time. Like, I'm going to get this launched in 2020, uh, and then hopefully we can get this going. And uh, so we, we ended up launching about a month before COVID hit. And I had maybe two years of savings that I thought I could live off of, uh, and COVID hit. And not only did our factory shut down, so we couldn't sell things or ship them, but also the stock market crashed. And I was stupid and had most of my money still in the stock market. And so my two months of one runway went to like six months of runway. Uh, And so it was very, very stressful. I also knew that the whole world was shutting down. And so I didn't know if we were going to be able to ever ship things again. Was this business going to go anywhere? And actually what happened is this: there was a massive rebound And I think this ended up being one of the biggest tailwinds for us as a business of these special needs kids. uh, All their therapy was shut down, their schools, their daycare. So they all had to come home. And then also their parents also couldn't go to work anymore. They also had to be at home. So now these parents are desperately trying to figure out how do I monitor my kid during the day? How do I keep him calm and safe? How do I have them sleeping so that I can do my job and also keep my life going? And so that ended up being a huge rebound in demand. And we went from selling pretty much nothing to tens of beds a month very quickly out of the gate. Uh, What then happened is we had a lot of supply chain issues because our factories were still having lots of issues. Shipping times for like steel were going from like four weeks to at one point our fabric. we, We have like 15 yards of fabric per bed. It was over 50 weeks of lead time to buy this fabric because... Everyone in the world wanted this fabric for their outdoor furniture and other products so they could be at home relaxing. Um, And so that meant that we went from like, oh, we can ship in a week or two to at the height of it, it was really tough. We were at like 25 weeks from when you would order the bed to when you would get it. And 
Luckily, that was a little bit the norm in the industry at that time. I think every supplier was seeing that. Um, but it's really painful if your kid is not sleeping or hurting themselves. Like I got the bed, I got to wait half a year. So that was really difficult to deal with the customer satisfaction and customer service side. And I was the only employee at that time. I was doing everything. I built the website, I shipped the boxes, I did all the customer service. So I'm trying to manage all this at the same time. And it was a good problem to have. We had a lot of growth and these are what they say are good problems to have, but still very painful problems. And uh, I'm now really proud we hired some really amazing rock star on my team to to lead the operations side, came from Unilever, and she turned it all around. And now we're shipping beds generally in just a few days, which is weeks faster than the industry average now. Uh, so really proud of where we've come, but those are some some painful lessons and hardships at the time. Wow. Great segue, because now I want I want to talk a little bit about your team there at Cubby. And hey, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Your your folks there, they seem extremely delightful to work with. I mean, always a pleasure, a ton of energy there between Peter, Taylor, Austin, yourself, the people that I've uh, been blessed to work with over the last couple of years. Where does that come from? Is that a hiring practice, um, you know, that sets you guys apart there? Is it uh, intentional culture that you've built? What, where is this coming from? I think it's all of the above. And I would love to take a lot of credit for this, but I do think that we have a little bit of a cheat code for hiring in the impact that we have, and that we have a big vision for this. We've got a long-term plan and we're making immediate life-changing impacts for people. So we've had a lot of people, uh, Jenna on my ops team, she came from a, a big, pretty reputable job, but in a big company, she wanted to come somewhere where she could have a lot of responsibility, wear a lot of hats and make a really big impact immediately on people's lives. And that's been incredibly helpful. Austin and Taylor as well, they both come from therapy backgrounds. They were kind of burnt out being the, the medical providers, seeing tons of patients one-to-one and seeing that impact, but then coming somewhere where, wow, now I, I get one big contract with a hospital system, or I get one great new DME partner and that actually enables hundreds or thousands of people that I can help through that. I think that's been a huge part of it and something we lean into really heavily in the recruiting and mission and something that we highlight a lot through our reviews, our internal highlights of the month, things like this. Um, we've also spent a lot of time on values and what these mean. So we have three core values in our business. The first is, and first for a reason, is people first always. So this is both, we, we think of our customers first, we think of our employees first. We think of everyone around this ecosystem and we want to make the right decisions because we know that we're really impacting real people on the other side with our products. The second is operate with excellence. We are a medical device company. We're in a regulated industry and we care about the details. We care about the safety. We care about compliance. And so that operate with excellence is a really big part of, uh, yeah, we want to move fast. We're a startup, but we got to do things in the right way because again, there's real people behind this. And then the third value is pioneer with purpose, which I think is some of our uniqueness in this industry. We want to take a lot of the same things that this industry has been doing with uh, the regulatory side and figuring out reimbursement and working with great DME partners. But at the same time, we want to chart our own way and do things differently than a lot of these other companies have done. And so we're doing things like uh, parent testimonials on Instagram and putting $20,000 behind that so that we're able to actually showcase that to people. or running people through a really good online first experience that helps them through all the steps of their insurance journey instead of having to pick up the phone or like 
sending faxes back and forth, we're actually able to provide this like online first experience that hopefully removes a lot of friction for them and, and makes it a lot easier. And so those, those values are really important to us. We spend a lot of time in our hiring process and our review process. And we've also had to let some people go that didn't meet those values. And that's, that's first and foremost to us. You can be a high performer, but if you're not meeting our values and what our culture means, that ends up impacting the next hundred people we're going to want to hire. So it's, it's a sacrifice we'll make. Um, I think the last thing is we did, uh, we spent a lot of time talking and working with the customers. When I was building this product, I did, got hundreds of survey results. I held focus groups in the pro in the, in our office, which was like a kind of warehouse at the time. And then, uh, I, I went into, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 different schools and clinics and ABA services and like shadowed them, brought prototypes in, went to the family fairs. I really tried to understand the perspective of the parent so that we could build a product that really solved their needs. Fantastic. It, you guys always seem to impress me. I, I see your folks, they'll come out to Heartland Conference or We'll, we'll meet you all at the International Seating Symposium or whatever shows going on. And I know your, your folks have also done a little bit of traveling with our regional account managers out in the field. And I hear the yeah. same thing. They are a ton of fun. Your folks are. <laughs> they're, they're just happy to be wherever they're at and, and passionate about the product that you guys provide. And um, you're always a pleasure to work with. Yeah. And um, I always Same love to you guys. They, they love yeah. those Ram trips. I know they had kind of a Florida road trip and got some really good restaurants and, and activities. And then, yeah, I was at Heartland a few years ago and I've been to a lot of software conferences and education conferences and man, this was a lot more fun. I remember <laughs> Greg Packer, I think was, uh, given tractor rides with like customers, kids on his lap and he's like riding through. I'm like, oh, this is some, some good Midwest fun here. Yeah. Welcome to Iowa. Here's a John yeah. Deere tractor for you. Yeah. Greg's <laughs> always great. good for that. There's no doubt. So um, we love that. I, one thing I'm really curious, I mean, it seems like you guys have done so much in such a short period of time. You've thought about everything and you talked about all these um, interesting trinkets. I mean, you haven't missed anything, but I, I know you, it, there's got to be something else that you're working on. Can you give us kind of a a peek into the future of Covey Beds? Is there anything exciting that you're kind of working on that you can share with our listeners? Oh, yeah. much uh, Maybe much to my team's chagrin, I've always got a lot of ideas. So uh, I think a, a couple. One is we have very good, what they call in the marketing world, top of funnel. So we have tens of thousands of people a month that really want our product. The key is how do you get it to them? How do you get them through this very complex online, offline? They got to go to this doctor. They got to go to get this therapy, medical necessity letter. They got to collect all that. They got to go to a DME offline. They got to submit that to insurance, battle insurance. And so our biggest mission over the next year, really for forever in the company, but I think this next year is a really pivotal point, is how do we help them through that whole process? How do we take that burden off of their shoulders and make it a lot easier for them to get through that? And ultimately, that helps the business. We'll, we'll be able to sell more beds, and that's, that's a great thing. But it also helps a lot more families get safe sleep and not be so stressed and having struggle prioritizing this into their life. So we're, we're doing a couple of things there in what we call the Cubby Care Journey. We're, uh, first and foremost, building a pretty big team of care advocates that are able to help families through this process. So we don't want them to call in and wait a week to get a call back or get someone that's upset or disgruntled or or feeling a little bit jaded about the system. We want to hire really caring people that can take that 
that burden off of their shoulders. But at the same time, we're also, it's a lot of people, tens or probably a couple hundred thousand people each quarter that we could potentially be talking to. So you can't stack that. How do you build software systems, digital product experiences that get them the information that they need in the self-service manner? Some people love to talk to someone. Some people like me, I'm like, I'd rather just figure it out online and go through the process and move on to the next thing. So we're spending a good amount of time now building systems and workflows and eventually software that will help them through that process and make it easier for them and ultimately also help the business too. The other thing that I'm really excited about, I mentioned a little bit earlier, is um, both cost and clinical data to prove the value of our product. Right now, you see that in the reviews. I think the doctors and providers are really starting to see this. They see they prescribe it to one person and they're like, wow, that really changed that patient's life. I got 50 more I should go talk to. But we still don't have the, the true data-backed proof that this is working in that way. So we're doing stuff on the, the cost side with um, this team out of Harvard that'll help us hopefully prove the cost benefit to the health system and to payers. And then we're also uh, about to kick off a project with uh, CU Anschutz and their Inclusive Center for Design and Engineering to do some, uh, this is like, it's a mix of University of Colorado and the Colorado Children's Hospital and some research teams out up there that will hopefully help us prove through clinical surveys and eventually some trials the benefit to the child, their sleep, their safety, their health, their medication usage, and then a little bit later, hopefully, to the parents and the people around them. And I, I actually think there's a world where we might even be able to prove that these parents are uh, able to be more productive in their life, in their jobs, and we could go to their employers and say, look, this cubby is helpful for you too. Um, and the last thing that I'm, I'm excited about is we're, we're kicking off a project to build the next version of our technology. And so we're building from the ground up custom electronics, our own software that'll provide a lot of what I already described, these soothing sensory inputs, the remote monitoring capabilities. But the future of that is there's a lot more that we can detect. And some of these kids that are in the bed seven, eight hours a night, some of these kids like 18 hours a day connected to machines to keep them alive. And they're very fragile. They often don't speak or speak well. So it's really hard to understand what's working or what's not working for them. So my, my dream, my vision here is we can use sensors to detect things like sleep quality, seizure activity, heart rate variability, incontinence, uh, to actually understand how are they feeling? What's their health condition at this point? Uh, there's products, actually my, my bed right here uh, has a, a product that detects heart rate variability and it will actually, two days before I get sick, my heart rate variability has uh, dropped and that's an indicator that my body is stressed and trying to fight something. So I think we could build things that proactively show that. And then longer term, you could actually do inputs such as if we change their medication, their diet, their exercise, their therapy. And if we introduce gluten into their diet and now they're wetting the bed or vomiting more often, we could actually show that. We change their ADHD medication during the day and it's led to more seizures. We could show that. And I think a lot of parents are so wrapped up in the day-to-day -day and the stress and just keeping the household running that it's hard for them to map all those data points together. And if we have 1,000 or 10,000 kids with autism in the system, and my hope is these are clinical-grade sensors, you could actually have almost this home health monitoring system, not just for that patient, but for a whole patient population and do some really interesting things with research, with remote patient monitoring, with telehealth that could really help uh, not just that family, but all the families they serve. So that's what I'm, I'm excited about. We've got some big visions, but we got to figure out how to get there. 
Oh, I. How your team's going to pull all this together? Unbelievable. <laughs> That's the challenge. We haven't figured that part out yet. That's why uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they, they, we all got some, a lot of work ahead, but everyone's very yeah. excited about that big vision. It's how do you get there? How do you break it down into the little parts? And then five years from now, we're there is the hope. They're, they're all incredible ideas. And I'm, I'm a little bit of a health nut myself too. So you got my wheels kind of turning a little bit on some <laughs> things that I should probably be doing to make sure I'm staying healthy, but Gosh, yeah, your team's got their work cut out for them, and I could see why they might uh, shake their heads a little bit in uh, team meetings when you're throwing some of these ideas out. we got enough going on, Caleb. Um, that's fantastic, and thanks for giving kind of a look behind the scenes on what's going on there and what's to come. We're, we're excited to see um, what you're going to do in this market, and you're really turning it upside down on top of its head. Um so we're excited about that and we're excited to offer your products to our membership um, and, and excited for what's going to come in the future. Uh, it's been a true pleasure having you on today. Your work at Cubby Beds is nothing short of inspiring and, and impactful. Um, we truly uh, wish you the best and success with your mission and making the lives of these kiddos with special needs and their families better as you've already done and hope that you can uh, um feed that mission of, of providing this to hundreds and thousands of other families that are out there looking for this. So uh, yeah. we hope to be able to help as, as much as we can as well. Yeah, so, we, we so appreciate the partnership. And I think VGM is such a central hub of this very fragmented, often very confusing uh, community in the, the HME DME world that you guys provide some, some light and some pathways forward We've grown really fast with you guys. I, I think some of our best partners are these smaller, independent. They can really provide the service. They know the region. They know the, the local health systems really well. And I don't think I mentioned, but the, the vast majority, over 90% of our beds that we ship are paid for by insurance, often fully. Most often payer is Medicaid for us. Uh, so if there are listeners listening to the podcast that hadn't heard of Cubby Beds but would like to learn more, we would love to talk with you. We'd love to support you. Uh, a lot of our best partners are the people that just heard about us six months ago, and then six months later, they're they're shipping tens or hundreds of beds. We'd, we'd love to find more of those. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. Incredible conversation today with Caleb, the CEO of, of Cubby Beds. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about their, their products, uh, check out their website. You can reach out to me. Um, you can reach out to Caleb. We'll get the contact information in, uh, at the end of this podcast here. Thank you so much, Caleb. Have a great rest of your day. Look forward to talking again soon. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. Appreciate the conversation. All right. Thanks, Caleb. Take care, buddy. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting vgm.com slash industry matters podcast or following Industry Matters on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher.